In this episode of the show, I want to talk to you about recording kick drum. That's coming up on Home Music Studio One. Hey guys, Dave Maxey here from HomeMusicStudio1.com, uh, the author and the creator uh, of the blog and also the show that you are listening or even watching to right now, Home Music Studio One. And this is the place that uh, you can learn to produce professional audio on any size budget. I want to thank you very much for joining me. Uh, you know, if you'd like to take that next step from kind of going from amateur to professional in your own home recording and uh, home project studio recordings, head on over to HomeMusicStudio1.com forward slash free gift. That's homemusicstudio1.com forward slash free gift. Well, I want to talk to you today about recording kick drum. Perhaps one of the the, the trickiest things to do in a mix is to get that kick drum uh, exactly where it needs to be, regardless of the style of music uh, that you're in. We all have, you know, kind of ideas and characteristics of what that should sound like. But uh, the real question is, how do we create what it is that uh, we're trying to create in our own projects? And if you're just joining us, we've been dealing with uh, a few things regarding home and project studio recording. And I want to just give you quick highlights. There's really two main categories when it comes to home recording. Uh, The first one I like to call home recording housekeeping. Those are dealing with things like uh, where your speakers are placed, getting the proper gear, proper cables, drivers for your audio interface, and so on and so forth, uh, kind of addressing your room. And we've really got a lot of information on HomeMusicStudio1.com that addresses that. A lot of our posts and, and podcasts are really kind of addressing a lot of those things as well. The other side of home recording is literally the process of creating a mix from start to professional. And uh, what I've really been talking about is kind of the process that I like to think about doing this, and uh, and that is the four three framework for building out a professional mix. And just kind of a quick highlight of what that looks like, because that's really what we've been dealing with. Is there are predominantly uh, four main tiers of what I refer to as as kind of the building blocks of building professional mix. And within those four tiers, you have to look at them in three different phases. And each phase you look a little differently. And uh, those tiers are the tone tier dealing with tone, dealing with depth, uh, dealing also with the stereo field in your panning, and then lastly, dynamics. And within those four kind of tiers that you're building a mix, you've kind of got three different phases that you need to look at each of those four slightly differently. The first being the pre-production phase. Uh, that's your recording, preparing your instruments, your room, and mic place and all that. Secondly, it is post-production when you get your tracks in your audio workstation, your, your recording software then uh, it's kind of the post-production phase, what you're doing to put it all together. And then the third aspect is the mastering process, preparing this uh, this finely tuned final mix, packaging it in such a way that it is the best that it can be, uh, not repairing things that are done in post-production, but, but making it the most presentable in a professional uh, way as it possibly can be. And so within the 4-3 framework, uh, it is something that is going to apply to every style of music. It's something that you can use and kind of walk through with literally each individual track on your project, as well as each individual bus, uh, every aug send, everything that you're working on can literally begin to process, be processed through the 4-3 framework. And so I want to show you another step to do that, but very specifically dealing with recording 
using kick drum. So let's go ahead and take a look at a project that I've got going now. Okay, what I've got here in front of me is uh, is my typical. I've got a session open in Sonar X2 producer. And uh, I have got a, a project that I'm working on. This was sent in to me uh, from Christopher, uh, who is uh, one of the guys that play in the band um, Chapter X. And, uh, you know, I've been able to kind of help these guys out just a little bit. And, and they've been kind enough to let me use their project as a, a demonstration here. And I want to zero in on exactly what is happening with this mix. I've got a lot of things that we'll probably cover in the future with this mix and a few other ones. But I want to look very specifically at how I process the kick drum through the 4-3 framework and kind of give you a demonstration of what that looks like. First off, let me let you hear just a little bit of kind of uh, what I have right now. And just by way of explanation, uh, this song is called Isle of Me, again, by the band, uh, um, let's see, by the band Chapter X. And, uh, you know, you can find a little more information about them if you want. You can head on over to their Facebook page, uh, and that's facebook.com forward slash Chapter X Rock. That's Chapter X Rock. If you like what you hear here, uh, head on over and, uh, and check them out a little bit more. But uh, within this song, I've just got all, I've got several tracks thrown in here. We've got a full drum mix, uh, bass, and, and, and I believe uh, most, the vast majority of this is recorded. Uh, I think it sounds like it, the, the tracks were done live. Okay, so we've got several guitars happening here. Uh, most of these guitars actually all have three mics on the amps that they were using. I've got one little lead vocal. I've got a few other things happening here. Uh, really, all I've done to this point is just put the tracks in. I addressed a little bit of panning and just a little bit of kind of zeroing in uh, a mix, just a real general feel just to kind of get things uh, working uh, and, uh, you know, just kind of a working environment. And what I'm focused on most right now is I'm going to begin by processing the kick drum through the 4-3, okay? And so you're going to hear a lot of other sounds that are going on. We'll zero in on the kick, but don't pay too much attention to the other uh, part of the mixes yet because we're building out starting with the kick drum first. Uh, let me let you hear a little piece of this. Uh, I'm going to kind of keep the lead vocal muted. I, I've, I've still got to uh, pull some of that more in and, and kind of work on that a little bit. But you'll hear the instrumental part of what we've got going on here. Let's take a quick listen. Okay, so you kind of get a general idea and a general feel uh, of what is happening. It's a rock song, uh, you know, kind of a harder rock song. We've got a full acoustic kit happening, and there's a couple different things that I'm trying to, to, to do within this mix. Uh, number one, I'm trying to take what they have given me and, uh, and improve upon this. Let's listen, if we will, here uh, to the actual original kick drum sound. What you just heard is the kick after I've kind of processed things, and I'm going to do this just to help us zero in a little bit on that. I'm going to mute the guitar bus, and uh, what we're hearing now uh, is basically just the full drum kit with a little of the bass guitar in there. And again, nothing's been really EQ'd or addressed other than the kick drum. So here is the original sound of the kick drum. Let me just solo that track out. Okay, so you kind of get an idea of what we're dealing with kick-wise. That's the original track that we got. Uh, I believe they were dealing with uh, um, a, a pork pie, I believe is what I said, a pork pie studio kit is what they're recording with. And so 
Um, here's what I've done thus far. Let's kind of take a little listen and in a solo out, I'm going to mute the original project there, the original kick drum, and let's take a look at uh, what I've got going on now uh, in general, and then I'll break down how I process this through the 4-3. Now, here's the kick drum now uh, where I've taken the original and done some things to it. Again, we've got kind of a big drastic difference between that right there and the original, which is this. Okay, so let me walk you through literally how I process the 4-3. The first step in the 4-3 is understanding what phase we're in, and right now... This is post-production phase, okay? We've already recorded the tracks, and we're, we're mixing them. We're putting things together. And the first tier within the 4-3 is the tone tier. So the very first thing that I do when I pulled this original kick drum into this mix and began to zero in on this track was take a little closer look at what is happening and, and ask myself, what do I need to address within the tone of the kick drum itself? Again, we're, we're focused just on the kick drum. There's a couple things I noticed right away. Uh, the first thing I did was simply make sure that I didn't have any clipping and I had a decent nominal uh, volume on that track. So I simply processed this track by using a normalize function and I just processed this at normal, normalized it to negative 3 dB. All that really is doing is going through and it's kind of taking an average of the peaks. It's making sure the loudest spot within that track doesn't peak above negative three. Uh, that's just something that I do that's kind of a natural habit. Um, the next thing that I did, asking myself, what about the tone of this kick drum needs to be addressed in the post-production phase of, of dealing with tone? And uh, really what that was when I began to listen to it, if you hear the original here, there's an awful lot of bleed through happening from the, the rest of the kit. Listen uh, quickly to that. Okay, so you can definitely hear the kick drum in the original track, but we've definitely got a lot of other bleed through that, that is happening from the other mics. So the second thing I did after normalizing this track is uh, the original track that I'm working with here. I'll show you what this kick sub is in just a minute. Uh, but the, the second thing that I did is I literally went through and I processed this track one piece at a time, looking here at what I've done, and uh, literally went through and uh, and simply highlighted the areas that had the snare bleed through uh, and, and simply what I call scrubbing the track. And that meant the area that didn't have direct kick drum hits to it, I simply pulled out of the track. Now, there's a couple ways to address this. Uh, you know, I, I use a combination of what I call scrubbing the track. In other words, I'm literally just deleting parts of that file. And you got to be careful that you make sure to get the initial tack of the kick drum. Uh, and again, dealing with the tone tier, you don't want to take something out you're going to need in the future. Uh, and I also gave myself a good amount of decay for every kick drum. If you listen to kind of this little uh, section here, if we kind of uh, uh, loop this out just a little bit, you'll hear a little what I'm talking about after I've scrubbed uh, these tracks. Let me turn this off here. Here's the kick drum. Muted the original there. Okay, so you can hear the difference between how much decay we have of the other instruments of the kit itself, the other, the snare, the cymbals, those kinds of things. I went through and and, uh, and I pulled them out as much as possible to still give me a good solid kick with a nice decay to it. But then as, as, as much as I could yank out after that, I literally went through every track, every part of this track 
and scrubbed that out. In other words, I just simply deleted that part of the file. Now, if you listen to this first kick drum here in this little spot here that I've just kind of soloed to loop, listen to how much decay, even after I've done that, I still have in the cymbal. Okay, so I still definitely have some cymbal decay. And one thing that is very important, specifically with kick drum, is to get enough uh, distinguishing factor of the kick drum itself, enough isolation that the tone of the kick drum can still set right in the center of that mix without being altered when other instruments are louder or quieter. Now, a uh, rule of thumb is that you do treat a live kit as one instrument. But within that, we're not trying to create separation from every individual drum mic. However, with the kick drum mic, it is very important to have that separation. And so the next thing that I've done is very simply, I, uh, you, you might have a different plugin to do this, but uh, within uh, Sonar X2, I've got a, a little uh, plugin uh, called Percussion Strip. And this is a full 64-bit uh, plugin here as far as the processing. But all I've really done on this is, uh, is I turned on the expander gate function. Uh, difference between expansion and gate simply has to do with how how quick uh, that gate is coming on. Uh, if you think of a gate to uh, a fencing just open and close, that's more gate. A high ratio on an expander represents a gate. See this little gate function that goes over there. The slower the ratio or the lesser the ratio, the more on the expansion. If you think of a, a balloon kind of expanding, that's kind of a, a way to think about it. Expansion is more slowly open and closing. Uh, gate is more fast open and closing. And, and when I say open and closing, we're literally turning the signal on and off based upon the the decibels of uh, the, the track itself that is happening. And so I turn that gate function on in order to help kind of get rid of a little more of that symbol decay. So now let's listen to this track with the, the symbol, uh, with the gate and function enabled. Let me turn it off now. And back on. Okay, so now we've got this, the, the tracks are scrubbed. First, we've normalized them. We've got everything at a good average volume of negative 3 dB. We've kind of scrubbed them. We've taken out the unnecessary pieces. Then I've also added a little bit of a gate in there. So we've got a nice isolation of the kick drum itself. And then let me show you just a few other things that I processed when it came to kick. Now, the next thing I did within my signal chain over here to uh, what uh, what is called the pro channel, which is just basically a, a different kind of a, uh, souped up uh, plug-in version that comes with producer here and it's just got some built-in plugins that I really enjoy um, really kind of made to do some uh, some soundboard emulation mixer emulation in the analog world but there are really some cool things in there the next thing I simply did was I added a little bit of compression to uh, the main feed of the kick drum after the gating and I did a different plugin over here to do this this is a, a PC4K it's an S-type plug-in compressor okay and uh, just to let you hear a little bit of, uh, of what that sounds like while you're watching that uh, if you're listening to the audio version of this. Uh, in this particular case, um, I'm after uh, a little bit of uh, somewhere around the 4 dB mark of compression. I've got a, a attack that is slow enough to allow that tick to come through. Right now it's at 1.5 milliseconds on the attack and I'm using a 0.5 uh, uh, millisecond release time. And then I've got a little bit of boost, about 4 dB of my makeup gain and I'm using right around a 4 to 1 compression. And this kick drum did sound relatively good as far as tone. For the most part, uh, it was decently consistent, but I'm just trying to control that a little bit. So uh, I'll, I'll play this and let you hear uh, exactly what this compressor is doing. Kind of, You'll be able to see the numbers if you're watching the video version of that as well. 
Let me turn it off now. Back on. Okay, so we definitely got a, a slight change in there. We're helping to kind of balance things out a little bit more. And uh, honestly, it's really a little more noticeable as we get further in the track. We've got some a little more uh, kick drum action that's a little more solid, a little more pumping through there. And that compression helps to control that. The next thing that I did on this track was did a little bit of EQ. And uh, the thing to remember when it comes to kick drum, specifically a, a rock song, is uh, really kind of the warm, girthy spot. Now, I've, I, I've, uh, I've, I was given a reference mix uh, just to kind of get an idea of what they were aiming for. And in this type of mix and this type of rock song, really the girthy warmth of, of kind of that thunder of like the call of, of the kick drum is right around that 60 hertz. And uh, so I gave myself a little bit of boost on this of the kick drum uh, when it came to do uh, to the low frequency, a little boost of the 60 hertz. And then I also uh, pushed up a little bit about a couple of dB or so uh, of the 2K, uh, about 2.2 or so, just enough to where I'm adding a little bit of that tick in there. So let me let you hear kind of a difference. Let me turn the EQ off completely right now. Again, you're hearing just the original uh, process kicked after I've scrubbed it. Let me let you hear this. This is the EQ off, and then uh, I'll turn it down and show you the difference. Okay, so not terrible, but we've got a little more of kind of almost the floppy sound happening. Not a whole lot of thunder in the low end. And so uh, I've turned my EQ on there uh, for this actual track. And uh, within that EQ... Um, over here on the low end, I've added, uh, if I look at my numbers here, I've got about 5.2 uh, dB added of right at, right about the peak of the 60. And uh, so I'm kind of pushing a little bit of that lows in there. And, uh, and again, just a little, a little higher of the 2K. 2K is kind of where that tick is of the, of the beater hitting that. And again, that 60 is the warmth. Let you hear the difference now uh, that I've got a little bit of lows boosted in there. Here's the EQ off. Back on. Okay, so again, uh, you can tell, uh, you know, we've definitely got some difference happen. We're starting to add a little more thunder in there. And uh, all these checks, by the way, when I make my tweaks, I'm checking them within the mix uh, just so that we can zero in a little bit more about what is happening. And, and due to the fact that I've only got about 70% of the mix really ready to go, um, I'm not going to, you know, turn on the rest of the buses right now. But just to give you an idea of what's going on, help you zero in uh, a little bit more of that. Now, what else is going on within this track? Um, one thing, just to be fair, that I've got in enabled. Uh, this is something that is uh, more specific to Cakewalk, but there's a lot of different options out there as I'm using kind of an analog uh, console emulator to just add a little bit more of kind of that analog warmth. And it's a very subtle thing to uh, the bottom of that kick as well. And that is also something that I'm doing to every track within this project in addition to all the buses. And so um, I'll talk a little bit more about that in the future, but that's the other thing that I have enabled uh, on that project as well. And then uh, I do, uh, I have just a little bit of reverb going uh, in kind of if we process ourselves through uh, the four, three, the first is the tone. So those are the things that I've done just to the tone. I've normalized it. I've done a little compression and I boosted the 60 and then gave myself just a little bit of top end enough to kind of get that tick happening uh, right above the 2K there. 
And then I uh, got a little bit of that console emulation in there to give me a little bit of warmth to the kick. And then uh, the next thing that I did as I processed that is where is the kick in the stereo field? Where is the, uh, you know, the, the, the depth of it? Um, uh, first, first depth, and then we'll talk about the stereo field. But the depth is really most pi. Most of the time, I, I prefer to have that kick be a relatively dry thing. And so, uh, what I basically have done within there is just to add a little bit of reverb. Uh, I've got an aug send coming from that main kick channel going on into uh, my reverb plugin here, and I'm careful not to add any more reverb to that kick drum to make it sound as though it's coming kind of from stereo. I want to make sure that that is dead between your eyes. And so, I'm adding just a touch of a little bit of a room reverb just to give a little more depth to it uh, let me let you hear that and I'll, I'll turn that on and off so you can kind of hear the difference uh, of the reverb sound this is reverb here if i crank it up that's what we're dealing with okay so i've pulled that down just to get just a little decay here's totally dry i've added just a little decay to it Right about there. Again, does not take much, but now we're, we're kind of creating some depth here, so it doesn't feel like that snare is just kind of dry in a flat room. Uh, there's a little bit of depth to it. Secondly, uh, where, where within the 4.3, where is the, uh, thirdly, where is the kick drum within the stereo field? I've just mentioned this. Uh, I like to keep my kick drums dead center right between your eyes, so uh, that one was an easy one to address, so I've just make sure that my panning is, uh, is dead center within the stereo field. Not really much I have to do there. And then the fourth part of the four three again we are in the uh, the post production phase is what about the rest of the dynamics of the song now I do want to point out just a couple of things that I've uh, I've done in order to kind of help create those dynamics and then I want to show you one other thing that I did that really kind of falls back into the tone tier within the dynamics when I began to scrub the track I noticed that there were a few spots within the song um, that really uh, maybe the kick was a little bit soft here or there every now and again there would be a, a just kind of a baby hit kick uh, and I literally took a good stronger kick and I pasted that wave part of the wave file right over top of that there was also another uh, section of the song here if I can find it right here uh, that had uh, the kick and the uh, the snare were both on the one okay it's kind of this build up right here if you if you listen to this let me let you hear kind of the mix in this little section So we got the kick and the snare on the downbeat. Originally, there was a lot of bleed through in the kick drum track coming from the snare drum because they were hitting at the same time. I went through the track and I found really a nice warm kick sound and I pasted just the kick drum right in those spots in order to remove that drastic amount of bleed through. Again, kick drum is really important to have a nice good isolation there if we want to be able to create create that warmth within the mix. And so that's an important one that I did uh, kind of scrubbing that track. But really when it comes to the, the dynamics on the kick drum, uh, I'm more concerned about making sure that my compressor is in place there. And I've kind of showed you, I've already got that on the chain. So that's kind of been addressed earlier down the line. And then there's some other things that I'm going to do in order to increase that dynamic. And when I talk dynamic, we're talking two things. Where does the kick drum come in and what is the volume or what is kind of the perceived volume happening with the kick drum? So here's kind of the last thing that I did that also addresses both the tone tier, but also the dynamics. Now, when I listen to the uh, the, the reference track, which I can't uh, legally play to you, uh, but uh, you know I don't have licensing to do that, but uh, listening to that track, you can kind of hear a real good girthy, thundery sound of that kick drum. And that was something that was missing when I did all the processing that I just showed you within 
in this kick, uh, it still was just lacking a little something, lacking that in your face, uh, really feel it in your chest if you were in a big system, that real warmth to it. And so here's what I did, uh, and uh, this will get a little bit technical, but this is a technique you can use for a lot of different uses. Uh, In order to kind of address both my tone and give me a little more dynamic so that when that kick hits, it's right up in your face, it's good and consistent kind of on the compression side, and when it's there, it's present. I added what I would call a parallel track, uh, and there's a couple ways to use a parallel track, and all that simply means is once I got it all cut up and edited, uh, I, I duplicated that track that I just showed you, and then I simply went through and I turned off the compression, turned off the EQ, and then I did a couple other adjustments on that track. Now, here's what I did. If you listen to this, um, I literally took a sound, and let me let you hear what what is going on. I took a synth sound, and I played a low B-flat, which if I were to tune an acoustic kit, many kits of a kick drum will tune to a low B-flat, but I found that real subharmonic sound of just a straight synth sound, and I'll let you hear what that sound is right here. Uh, this is the tone that I'm dealing with. Again, I've created a, a second track, and here's what I've done. Okay, now that by itself is super annoying, and it sounds like you just unplugged the bass guitar and you're hearing it in the system. However, uh, that frequency, I I turned on my frequency analyzer and was able to see that that frequency is right in that warm spot where I want it to be, right about peaking in that 60K range, okay, or 60 hertz, that, that low end of where the girth and thunder is of the kick. You can see that right here. So that, that's the, the, the range that I'm exactly looking for in order to get a nice sound. So here's what I've done. I put a gate on that track so that that is a, a sound that is not happening all the time. And within that gate, I, I set my threshold. I set my, my attack and release. I've got a gate that gives me a little more function here. I set that to be very similar in the way that that channel would open and close exactly with the same in the attack release time. And, and when I watch my meters, that, that uh, this is going to open and close exactly the same way as the kick drum is going to. However... I use the sidechain input on that kick drum in order to trigger uh, this gate. In other words, the original kick track is sending a signal to the gate on that subharmonic synth track that I've just added, and it is only opening and closing that gate when the kick drum hits. So what I'm doing is I'm creating the ability to mix in now that subharmonic low, but only when the kick drum is hitting. So let me play you uh, this little piece with the gate off, no trigger, and I want to let you hear exactly what that would sound like, and then I'll show you what this does when we kick the gate on. We're using the sidechain trigger function of this compressor. Here we go. Okay, so super annoying, but you can hear that kind of sub-low in there. Now, if I kick the gate on, uh, again, I basically matched what I already had going up and down for my meters, my attack and release time. That's the simplest way to find your settings. I looked at my original kick drum, and then I set the gate on that sub-track, uh, our, our parallel track that we're working with, to match the same attack and release of that. With the gate on, I've also got the kick drum again inputted into the sidechain input, so every time my kick drum hits, it opens the gate on my subharmonic track and here is the difference in the sound that we get now that's with that subharmonic track let me mute it turn it on again mute it one more time 
Head on. So hopefully you can hear the difference there depending on the system you're listening to. What I'm essentially doing is adding some sub-low to the bottom end of my kick drum. And I'm mixing those two signals together so that when that falls within the mix, and I'll let you hear kind of that mix one more time with that in there, you can not only hear that tick of the kick drum that I boosted that 2K on the original track, also the 60 boosted on the original has got a little girth there, but I'm adding even more of that girth, that thunder, that nice warmth to the bottom end of that kick by using a second synth track using the sidechain input from the kick drum to basically say every time that kick hits, open up the gate from that, that synth track and just let it momentarily come through. When that kick drum stops, it closes off. That's why you don't hear the constant of, of this uh, sub uh, synth track, but you're hearing it just when it hits. So now let's hear the difference within the mix. Okay, I'm going to play the same spot. Now let me add the guitars back into that for you. Okay, there you go. Hopefully, uh, guys, this tutorial has been helpful to you. I know we've got kind of a lot of things that are happening there. And this is really the process that I followed of kind of walking this through the 4-3 mix. If you got any questions, please let me know. Uh, you can post your comments in the comment section. And uh, again, if you haven't found us yet on HomeMusicStudio1.com, you can find us on the web there. I'd love to interact with you. If you got any more questions about how to process your own kick drum and your own environment and uh, maybe about some questions about hide to the side chain, please uh, just let me know. Ask me in the comments. Uh, you can send me also a message at Dave at homemusicstudio1.com. With that, I want to thank you very much for joining me. And uh, until next time, uh, we'll help you out creating professional audio on any size budget. This is Dave Maxey with Home Music Studio One.